0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday night and you know exactly what that means. It's time for the real conversation with Shayna Thornton. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. Is your radio talk show spotlighting the critical issues of today? She is certain to feature expert guests and celebrities each and every Tuesday night. She is a celebrated newspaper columnist, popular blogger, and award-winning radio talk show personality who has a passion for groundbreaking discussions. Here she is. Let's welcome the one and only, the engaging host for the national show. Please give it up for Shayna Thornton. Good Tuesday evening to everyone, and welcome to your national award winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton, where you will always find talk radio with substance. I am Shana, and I am so excited and grateful that you have joined us this Tuesday night. And we want to welcome everyone, and I mean everyone, to this national program for the entire community, which means for every single member of the family. You know, this show is for all of us. We truly aim to bring topics to the table that need to be addressed. We aim to offer insight, expertise, and helpful solutions that will hopefully impact and shape your life in a very game-changing manner. You know, we feature the relevant topics in the hottest and latest celebrities and the relevant leading experts weekly every Tuesday night, and we do cherish your commitment to staying tuned in with us. Of course, we air live every Tuesday night, but you can catch any replay podcast that you would like to or need to simply by visiting to one of two websites. Now, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash Shana Thornton, or you can go to www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com. Either one of those will lead you right up to our uh, the shows on demand is actually what the title it shows on demand, episodes on demands, rather. And you can go there and listen to any show again, if you want to listen to it two, three, four times, or share it with a colleague at work or your neighbor. So join us, even if you have to miss us live on a Tuesday night because you have something else to do, you can always go back and listen to the replay. I certainly want everyone to know that. But we're excited that you're with us this very Tuesday night. We have one great segment and show for you tonight. Believe that. You know, Let's Talk America with your host, Shayna Thornton, offers Real Talk for Real People. It's Real Talk for Real People. That's our tagline here on the show. If it matters to you and your family and friends, then we will try our best to highlight and put the spotlight on it here. Do believe that. This is your family radio talk show. Please lend me your ears right now for just a few seconds to hear some very important messaging.
2: Regina R. Tate is a Christian counselor, and she's written a book entitled There is a Bomb for That. The compilation is her platform to inspire and spread the love of God. The book is encouragement and motivation to get beyond and through everyday issues and problems using the Word of God. In addition, she shares some accounts of athletes and other well-known people doing admirable or not-so-admirable things to help push across her messages of encouragement. Tate combines her love of sports with her love of the Lord to inspire those of us who are on the Lord's side and others who are seeking reasons to trust in God. Within the book are articles or misses including Hold Fast, Gifts of the Cross, Call to Be Better, and Don't Get Weary, all of which remind us that God is always pulling for us to get to the other side of the roof. In the missive there's a bomb for that, take Vince, my head hurts because there is so little tolerance for the diverse prisms through which we see life. And there is a declining appreciation for the myriad ways we have come to survive life. She goes on to explain why her neck hurts, her eyes, her ears, her stomach, her feet, and even her heart hurt. But then she points out that she is not in a woe-is-me state of paralysis because she says, I have medicine. I have a bomb in Gilead. Her aim with the book is to remind all of us that we indeed have medicine for whatever ails us. Regardless of what the situation or the crisis is, there is a bomb for that. Books may be purchased on authorhouse.com or at amazon.com, or you may visit the website, thereisabombforthat.com for more information.
3: Hi, my name is Kezia Alford. For more information on my music, please go to keziaalford.com. That's K-E-Z-I-A-A-L-S-O-R-D.com.
4: Or find it online at any digital outlet. I pray that my music blesses your soul. And you are currently listening to Let's Talk America with the Lord I'm not a survivor just because I lived through the attempted murder on my life. I'm a survivor because in spite of the attempted murder, I never gave up. This is Sherry Graves, author, inspirational speaker, and CEO of Beyond Your Scars. I'm very excited to partner with Seamus Thornton, host of Let's Talk America. For 25 years, I've lived with second and third degree birth scars covering 30% of my body and a house fire that was set to kill me. Now, that flame continues to burn as my living testimony. I invite you, I challenge you to join my Embrace your scars and redefine your beauty experience campaign. I really need your help to spread the word that there is beauty in the deepest places of our scars. My mission is to set a new trend that will spread throughout the world. Connect with me on my website, www.sherrygrave.com, where you can also purchase my tell-all book, A Fire Within Someone Set a Fire and Let Me Forget inspired by my true life story and stay tuned for the debut of my Beyond Your Scars YouTube channel and blog. As a licensed clinical social worker, I offer personal development keys at my seminars, keys that help transform how I feel about myself. Now I'm sharing these same keys to empower you to feel better about yourself. As a survivor of sexual assault, domestic violence, and attempted murder, Represent women and men all around the world. If you are looking for a speaker, someone who not only works in my professional career with survivors of abuse, but because of my own personal experiences with these same victimizations, my passion is to share love, hugs, and education in support of your organization. Email me at s f- and the number one, Graves, at MSN.com to join my campaign and simply say, Sherry, I want to be a part of keeping the flame burning. Thank you, God, for healing my deepest wounds, transforming them and redefining what true inner beauty is to me. Now I feel you to embrace your scars. I'm Sherry Grace. Love you. As always, stay blessed. Thank you.
1: Do know that our national sponsors matter to this national award-winning family radio talk show. That's Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. We do value everyone because it certainly takes a village, it takes a team to allow our show to be what it is with all of this success. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are very grateful for our partners, our sponsors, our advertisers, and especially our listeners. Thank you for all that you do and staying committed to us. Now, If you're interested in becoming a sponsor or advertiser for this national award-winning family radio talk show, please reach out to us. Uh, you can obviously communicate with a member of our professional and courteous staff by emailing Let's Talk at gmail dot com. Again, that's Let's Talk Shana at gmail dot com, and one of our staff members will certainly address all of your advertising and your sponsorship needs and requests. Okay, so certainly stay tuned in and. Stay on board with us. And of course, that also goes for nonprofit organizations or for profit businesses. We have different packages that may appeal to you. Now, speaking of connecting and reaching out, I know you're out there on the various social media outlets. Do you like Instagram, perhaps? Sharing your pictures. We'll connect to Let's Talk America with your host, Shayna Thornton. Our handle on Instagram is Let's Talk America Radio. Follow us and we'll be sure to follow you back. That's our promise, okay? So if you're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Patentress, or Google+, we're out there. Simply put the show's name in your favorite search engine, and you're bound to find our handle. Or, again, do visit our brand new website, with Shana Thornton.com and you will find all of our handles for all of the various social media outlets, okay? So now, let's keep pushing ahead, because tonight's segment is one that is informative and I'm excited about. Now, you likely already know that we feature relevant conversations here on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. And tonight's segment is a powerful one, one that will allow you to be inspired and enlightened and educated. We're talking about literacy in the U.S., literacy in the U.S. We're going to put the spotlight on literacy with our adults and especially our youth especially our youth and our children. You know, this segment is for everyone if you're 75 years old, um, if you are uh, a parent to a child that's in the school system, if you're an educator, if you're just a community citizen that's concerned about the education of our students, you have to stay with us because we have one awesome featured expert guest. We have Dr. Kara Richardson with us, and she has a lot of experience in reading and teaching children to read, and she's going to break down the numbers of illiteracy literacy. Uh, she's going to explain exactly what it means to be uh, reading proficiently because these are terms or terminology I was not very familiar with and she's going to break it all down for us to allow us to be enlightened. You know, knowledge is power. We have to be aware of everything out there and believe it or not, that's right, believe it or not, there are still individuals in this nation who are not reading proficiently. In fact, according to a studies, over 30 million adults 30 million in this nation, over 30 million, are not Able or capable of reading. So clearly, this is a situation and concern uh, that should matter to all of us, okay? And perhaps you're one of those individuals, and that's okay because tonight, our featured expert guest is going to provide information that's going to be helpful. Perhaps you can read or you have a child or a family member that can read, but they're not reading proficiently, able to understand or comprehend. We're going to break all of that down. I'm so excited. So, without much further ado, ado, I'd like to continue with the show. Right now, I would like to go over our words of inspiration for tonight's programming. You know, speaking of literacy and reading, I thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to share with you a quote about literacy. Many of us know who Alan Greenspan is. Uh, He was head of the Federal Reserve for many years. He once said, to succeed, you will soon learn as I did. The importance of a solid foundation in the basics of education, literacy, both verbal and numerical, and communication skills. Again, Alan Greenspan, he was head of the Federal Reserve for many years, once said, To succeed, you will soon learn, as I did, the importance of a solid foundation in the basics of education, literacy, both verbal and numerical and communication skills. Well, certainly education is critical. It is pivotal, especially in 2015. And knowing how to read and write uh, proficiently is critical. And please don't allow anyone to downgrade that notion to say it doesn't matter because perhaps you're saying you're going to be uh, something uh, in the later in life or in a profession that doesn't need to focus on reading and writing proficiently. And that is simply not true. I don't care if you go into business for yourself, if you're thinking about entertainment or being an artist. It doesn't matter. You need to protect yourself. We all need to learn how to read and write proficiently. You know, I'm no expert on this, but I do have an expert with us tonight, and I'm excited to bring her in. Dr. Kara Richardson is out of Atlanta Metropolitan. She is an award-winning educator. Uh, she is, has spent many years in the classroom as a reading coach, um, and certainly also as a coordinator when it comes to uh, parental involvement in children, making the connection between learning in the classroom and what goes on at home. She believes that education matters and should take place beside or beyond. The classroom. She thinks a lot of education should start at home. Well, I'm excited to bring her in. Listeners of Let's Talk America from all over the world, please help me welcome the one and only Dr. Kara Richardson to the show. Well, listeners of Let's Talk America from all over the world, I am honored and very grateful to be sitting down right now this Tuesday night with the one and only, she's an educator, she's also a, she has been a reading coach. She served a lot of different positions when it comes to teaching our children how to read and reading proficiency. Please help me welcome the one and only Dr. Kara Richardson to Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. How are you tonight?
3: I am doing wonderful, Shana, thank you for having me on.
1: I am so excited because, you know, when we talk about the L word and I'm talking about literacy, a lot of times uh, we just look at it as, well, being able to read, and I know talking with you before this segment and with research, it's so much more than that, and we're going to let you answer the tough questions that I have and many of our listeners. You know, Kara, Dr. Richardson, rather, literacy is so important. Yet, according to the U.S. Department of Education and the National Institute of Literacy, nearly 32 million adults in this nation cannot read. Now, this rate is alarming to me because I'm like, over 30 million individuals, if I'm correct with my memory, that's as many people living with diabetes right now in this nation. How is this still occurring in modern times? How can people not know how to read in 2015?
3: Well, Shana, to be honest with you, I can't give you a definitive answer on why we're still having issues with illiteracy in the U.S. at such an alarming rate, but what I can tell you is what research says, and that's just simply that there are, um, for example, links between illiteracy and the parent's ability, specifically the mother's reading level. Also, research tells us that there is a link between poverty and illiteracy. I also want to tell... um, I also want us to understand that there is a link between poverty and literacy. I also want to point out that the definition of literacy itself is constantly evolving, and it may vary from culture to culture, but in every case it requires some level of comprehension. Um, Fortunately, this is an issue that, um, meaning the issue of illiteracy, is often placed on the shoulders of educators. And in in my um, honest opinion, illiteracy is much more of a social issue as it is an educational issue.
2: So, mm. if we
3: really want to combat, combat illiteracy, we must also begin to look at the ills of society.
1: You know, it's powerful information you're sharing with us tonight. Again, we have Dr. Kara Richardson on. She's an educator. Uh, she is out of Georgia, of course. And she's on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. And you just uh, mentioned something, again, that's powerful and intriguing to me that literacy is connected to poverty, correct? Uh And if that's the case, then you're right. It's so much more than an educational issue. It would be a social issue. And, again, it goes back to me when I speak of social issues. It goes back to that village concept and a community uh, to be able to identify, but especially family members and guardians and parents, right, when we're talking about our youth in particular. Right, right. Wow. You know, I want us to spotlight the importance of literacy with our youth because, you know, it's a cliche to many, Dr. Richardson, but the, uh, the future does belong to the children. Uh, but yet we can't talk about the topic without breaking down the numbers uh, for adults in literacy. Now, I recently found out um, from some information that I read provided by the National Assessment of Adult Literacy that 14% of Americans of adult Americans, let me be very specific, demonstrated a below basic literacy level according to 2003 figures, which is not that long ago. Now, this surprised me. It did. It shocked me. I'm like, wow, my mouth dropped. Explain the importance of reading proficiency, and why is it so critical? And does the concern start in the juvenile years? I mean, I guess as an educator, an experienced educator, when it comes right. to reading and literacy, is it something that you realize overnight, or it's been building for a while?
3: Um, so the question is, why is reading proficiency important? Well, reading itself is important because it's the foundation Um, of and the necessity for almost everything that we do in life. Okay. Um, I can't think of too many acts of living that doesn't require some level of reading and comprehending. Um, Let me take you back to what you said earlier about what the research said about that 32 million. um, As you stated before, 32 million adults in the U.S. can't read. This is 14% of the population. Yes. 21% 21% of those adults in the U.S. Read, are reading below a 5th grade level, Wow. and 19% of the high school graduates can't read, um, and I think i read written the same information that you read, and that's all from the U.S. Department of Education. Um, and also, let me point out, there is a link between academic failure, delinquency, violence, violence, and crime, which is all welded in reading failure, and that's also from the department of justice. Wow. So to answer your question, reading is critical but critical because it really can make the difference between incarceration and freedom. Yes. Um, let me also say that two thirds of students who cannot read proficiently by the end of fourth grade will end up in jail and or receive some type of public assistance. Oh, wow. Over seventy percent of America's inmates cannot read above the fourth grade level. Mm. And that's also taken from that same study that you read. Oh, wow. So based on that statistic, no, this is not a concern that starts in the juvenile years. This starts as early as fourth grade. So we have to be cognizant of that. This is something that starts way before we before our children even hit the juvenile
1: system. Yes. And that's something to note because as parents, as guardians, you know, obviously uh, I think most parents intend uh, for the well-being of their children to be um, the highest possible care. You know, a lot of parents, though, uh, have different educational backgrounds, um, you know, at at different levels. And even if you are educated with post-secondary education or resources being college, it doesn't always mean that, you know, it was something such as literacy such as reading or on the literature level. But, you know, what concerns me is something you just said. You said that, you know, there is a connection with reading proficiency, if you will, I want to use the proper language. And our children or youth uh, being involved in crimes or being involved in trouble, right? You know, and so I know there's a great deal of students who interface with the juvenile court system um, that are functionally uh, illiterate, if you will. How can a parent, and I'm talking about a a loving parent, that may not be equipped with all the resources or unlimited money, Dr. Richardson, but how can a good parent, a guardian, ensure his or her child is reading appropriately because they're not teachers like you. I mean, you raise children who can read proficiently, but you know it. You know the research. You know the steps. But what can the average parent do to empower our children?
3: Well, I'm going to be honest with you, um, Shana. I think a lot of cases parents themselves, and this is regardless of educational level, okay. um, parents themselves may not even know that their child can't read. Yes. Um, I can't begin to tell you how many times I hear parents say, well, my child can read because they are reading the book maybe in kindergarten. Yes. But a lot of times that is just word calling. Okay. Um, reading, like I stated earlier, requires some level of comprehension. Yes. So word calling, again, is not necessarily reading. So I can imagine a parent finding out in fifth, sixth grade, um, hey, my child really can't read because they themselves, not being an educator, not necessarily educated, yes. but being an educator, may not know the right questions." So, um, and I'm not saying that, you know, word calling is bad or anything because okay. it does show the child's ability to the um ability to the cold word. Okay. But what I'm saying oftentimes it's not always reading. I see. Um and like I said, remember what I said earlier, reading requires some level of comprehension. Mm-hmm. Um one way and I'm not sure I'm sure it's not the only way, um, that parents can ensure that his or her child is reading um appropriately is to read to, read with and talk to your child. Okay. Parents must take an active role in their child's education early on, yes. and it doesn't necessarily mean that um, you go out and you buy the most expensive computer games or um, buy, uh, have a library full of books. Those things are excellent, but all you have to do is just talk to your child. Okay. If you are going into the grocery store or if you're going into, if you're taking your child to church, talk talk to your children about those experiences. Yes. Um, right there, alone, you can come up with a of vocabulary words that I'm sure that an average third grader may or may not be familiar with, okay. which is aisle. How often do you hear a third grader use the word aisle? And that's a word that you come, you get from the grocery
4: store or the word pew. Yes. That's
3: a word that you would take from church. Okay. So, like I said, just have those conversations about your children um, when you're just going about your daily routine. Something else I want to point out is that we must, as parents, um, again, regardless of our educational level, we must begin to talk to our children and enunciate words
4: the way they should be enunciated. Okay. Um, so, for example, I hear a lot
3: of my own peers um, say faith versus faith. Okay. So, when a child actually sees that word in print, he or she should know that this word is pronounced with a TH, as a TH. Um, I mean, it, I'm sorry. I'm, Sound in, in front of the word yeah. versus the letter D. Okay. So, um, like I said, we there's a lot of things that we can do, and I, I promise you, it's just as simple as going to the computer and googling. Mm. You know, it, just, just Googling what can I do to help my child to be a proficient reader.
1: You know, that is powerful information. Uh, two points I want to touch on when you said uh, word recalling that uh, a lot of students or some students can do by kindergarten or even first grade. But you're saying understand when a parent sees that, that's great, that's in the process of developing efficient reading. But And I want to make sure I'm right. Would that be the same thing as recalling sight words, Dr. Richardson?
3: Well, it, like I said, depends. What what I mean by word calling, a lot of times we child trying to pick up a book, pick up a book, yes. and just read that book. I mean, just know every single word. In
4: okay, it.
3: but that doesn't necessarily mean that he or she has gathered some type of comprehension.
4: Okay, of okay, a,
3: that, right. So it's just a matter of word calling. And you're right; you can it could be a basic business um, of sight words. And if your child is um, calling out sight words. But do they understand what the words mean? You know,
1: powerful information. We're on Let's Talk America with your host Shana Thornton. We have Dr. Karen Richardson on with us, and she is breaking down the issue with illiteracy or illiteracy in the U.S. on this Tuesday night. You know, Dr. Richardson, I recently spoke to a librarian, and she was an experienced one, and she shared something with me that I found quite intriguing. And she said, and you would probably know this information just as well as she does. She said that you know when children first begin to read, uh, they can uh, be evaluated or tested at one level, and she says as they grow, you start to realize there may be different levels of comprehending, right? So I think it goes from being able to just recall words in a book, and then later being expected, the more mature you get to understand exactly. or, you know, explain what that means. And she was saying as parents, parents have to understand that there sometimes is a dynamic evaluation process that happens to normal, healthy children, and parents to be prepared to work through that and stick with their children to emphasize understanding what they're reading. Is that true?
3: That is true. In, in fact, in education, we may refer to that in your primary grades, we call it um, learning to read. Okay. Okay. Uh, but when that child hits third grade on up, we're talking about reading to learn. Okay. Powerful. Yeah. So yeah. So it's, it's very, very similar to what you just said. The k through um I mean, in some cases, pre-K through, or well, actually from birth yes. through um, second grade, yes, we are teaching our children to read. That's why we're talking right. about the coding.
0: Okay. That's why
3: we're talking about um, making sure that that child can actually say the words. Yes. But at a certain level, um, specifically third grade level, oftentimes that child is going to have to read in order to learn what, you know, in other words, I have given you a text. Yes. I have um, the expectation... That it's always there, but the expectation is you should be able to take this text and have some level of comprehension behind it. And that's specifically what I mean by reading to learn. So it's a difference between learning to read and reading to learn.
1: Mm, I love it. So there is a difference. Again, I just want to echo that for all of our listeners, wherever you're sitting, if you're in New York right now, if you're down in Florida, if you're in Georgia, or if you're in North Carolina, there is a difference between learning to read and reading to learn. And may we all be aware of that phrase, our transitional development developmental periods in our children to making sure they're proficient at reading and where they need to be. You talked about really from birth to the second grade learning to read. You know, I have to ask this, how early can a parent start reading to the child? And tell us the benefits of reading early because we know obviously most kids are not reading by two or three or four years old, but you're saying it's still beneficial to do it? Well, I
3: can tell you, first of all, it's never too early to begin reading to your child. Uh-huh. Um, even when your child is in the womb.
0: Okay.
3: Yes, you can begin just that early. So, um, there is no oh start reading at one year old, three years old. When that child is in the womb, that child can hear that mother's voice. Yes. So uh, there's it's never too early to begin start to reading to begin reading to your child. Um, reading to your baby, um It helps helps build build vocabulary. It stimulates your imagination. Um, It helps build basic speech skills. Um, It improves communication skills. Ultimately, ultimately, the goal is for academic excellence. Okay. So if you begin early, early on, by the time that child becomes a toddler, he or she will begin to start formulating those words. They may not be correct. Okay. And and that's why it's important not to just give your child a book and say, and just read it. You want to read with your child, but at least they will begin to start picking up on some of those words.
1: Okay, and which is powerful. You're saying, once again, the vocabulary development. I know some of the things you're saying, I believe, are also uh, with guidelines from the Pediatric Academy because they okay. emphasize talking to children, explaining things, uh, reading books, which gets the vocabulary started. Right. So it helps with language development early on and get that brain working.
3: Right. The more you read to your child, the better off uh, it is for his or her growth and development,
1: exactly. Powerful information. Well, let's talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. We have educator and we have a reading coach. She's done so many different roles uh, in the classroom. Dr. Kara Richardson is with us tonight. You know, Dr. Richardson, let's have real talk for real people right now. What can a parent or guardian do if the child or student is not a fan of reading, and, and I'm just going to be upfront with you, I've known very successful people today who have not always been fans of reading. Their parents, you know, tried to emphasize it, uh, but they just didn't want to read that book. They wanted to draw. They wanted to play video games. They wanted to do uh, other things. They wanted to dance or go play basketball. You know, what can a frustrated parent do? If they're listening to you, they know the importance of reading proficiency, which happens to come with practice, right? What do you do to get the kids interested?
4: Well, for
3: that child who loves to dance, who only wants to dance, maybe you can find books about dancing. Okay. For that child who loves basketball, maybe you can find some books about basketball. Yes. Um, For that child who loves to draw, Maybe you could find some books about drawing. So it's, in other words, you want to find um, books that interest a child and explain to that child, you know what, guess what, this is how you're going to become better at what you love the most.
1: All right.
3: Uh, basketball. You're, you're learning about those things just from a different perspective. You're not actually in the act of doing it. You're learning through reading. So um, definitely, like I said, just finding books that interest, interest the child. Um, and also... Just practice shared reading with the child. You sit down with the child, um, and it's not so much that you're reading to the child. You, are, you're, you read one page, ask her questions, or ask her questions, let the child read the next page. Okay. Um, if the child is not able to read, once again, the parent will have to read to the child. But it's yeah. all
0: shared reading.
1: Okay, and and so really you're saying in so many ways, and it goes back to that social aspect again, you're saying make it a bonding and family affair, right? Exactly, Okay.
3: exactly, exactly. and it's just, it's just an excellent way to bond with your child. Reading yes. is a great way to bond with your child.
1: It is, and I think so many times new parents will say, well, I've got to find this activity and that activity, but one way that's economically available to everybody because there are public libraries throughout mm-hmm. our nation is you don't necessarily have to plan the big trip down to Florida to California uh, to have a fascinating childhood, bonding can start with spending time one-on-one talking and speaking and reading to the child. Exactly. Yes. So for all the parents out there, and most parents have been there, Dr. Richardson, I know you're a parent too. We we think we've got to plan these elaborate uh, events every weekend. But sometimes just, you know, get with the kid and read the book. And like you're saying, so have a conversation about really understanding the book's theme, right? Right, exactly. Mm, powerful. I love it. Again, Dr. Carol Richardson is on Let's Talk America with your host, Shayna Thornton, this Tuesday night. We're talking about literacy. We're talking about literacy and illness literacy in this nation and we are talking about our youth, our children being able to read proficiently that's important. You know I mentioned Dr. Richardson that there are kids who love their video games, they love basketball they love tennis or soccer more than they love reading. You know right now a lot of those adolescents or teenagers may be listening in with their parents can efficient reading benefit other areas of academic study other than the art literature or you know being able to read if you will
3: Yes, in fact, um, let me let me point out there is a difference between reading and literacy.
1: Okay.
3: Um, reading requires some type of, like I said earlier, comprehension, some type of interpretation. Yes. Literacy itself um, refers to the ability to read and write. Okay. So if that is indeed the case, and it's actually more expensive to, you know, than that, it depends on what research you goes to go to to actually uh, how they define literacy. Like I said earlier the definition is it, it changes constantly. Okay. But oh but
0: ultimately, for sake of argument, this says literacy is the ability to read and write. And if that's the case, reading and writing goes hand in hand.
4: Yes.
3: Um, so research has found that children who read extensively they become better writers. Yes. Um I believe that. And an assortment of genres help children to learn text um, text structures, um reading comprehension and recall, um new vocabulary like I stated earlier. Um, and it's also it will help them to be able to transfer what they read to their own writing, wow. um, but like I said, there is a difference between reading and literacy.
1: Okay, and that's um, interesting to note,
3: right? And you know, just to be, you know, to be, clear, you know, to be literate, to be literate um, requires proficiency in both reading and writing.
1: Powerful information, and I want to say this, not that it's all about testing well, but we know for a lot of the students or youth who want to go on to a secondary educational institution, such as college, four-year or two-year, a lot of them have to take the SAT or the ACT. And I know it was like this years ago when I came through school, but I know now, right, a lot of the math problems or finance problems, if you will, are a lot of written, mm -hmm. right? They're written word problems. Exactly. Okay.
3: And like I said, with the literacy itself now, keep in mind you have financial literacy. Yes. You have digital digital literacy. Okay. You have so many different definitions of literacy now. Um, just think, back when you and I were in school, yes. you had a book and you had your teacher. Yes. Um, both of us didn't have the privilege of having a computer early on. Early yes. on. yes. So literacy itself, the definition, again, has changed so much. Um, math itself is no longer about just those basic algorithms. You're talking about having those word problems and, and that a lot of times that stop children because they don't have that ability to, to read. Wow. Um, mm. When they're looking at a, a math problem, when they see the word of in their head, they don't know, okay, I should multiply.
4: Okay. Um, when I
3: see the word each, oh, okay, I should divide, so forth and so on. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, math itself, it's part of reading.
1: Yes, it is. Yes. And, of if course, we, you, you want to be proficient on all levels, but I did want to mention I know a lot of individuals plan for college and want to do their best, right, on these right. standardized tests, you know, that are out there. And, of course, like you're saying, you've got to be able to be proficient in uh, literacy and reading, all of it, to be able to maximize uh, your success on those tests. Right. Wow. You know, as a professional and educator, what resources can you suggest for parents to utilize uh, to encourage the love or appreciation of reading and literacy?
3: Um, you know, like you stated earlier, just go to your local libraries. Um, it's free. Okay. Um, it doesn't require you to do anything but to just take your child. Oftentimes the public libraries have reading programs um, especially during the summer um, for kids of all ages.
4: Okay. Um,
3: so definitely utilize your local library. That's the, that's the best way. Okay. Um, but there are some websites that I would like to refer you guys to. Yes. One is, um formerly known as the National Center for Family um, Family Literacy. Now it's called the National Center for Families and Learning. They okay. have um, a plethora of resources there. It's www.familieslearning.org um and there's another website that I like called teach reading early and it's teachreadingearly.com um those websites will give you a lot of resources and ideas that you can do with your child at home it doesn't require you to do anything other okay. than um spend time and bond with your child through reading at home
1: Powerful information. So, again, she just uh, shared some great information, time for you to spend with the kids, and also free information. So, you know, I know a lot of us see those commercials and and certainly not knocking those commercials that are on television um, that have price tags to them to get your kids to do this and that. But like she said, the local libraries in our communities are out there. They're free to have uh, most of them. I can't think of one that charges unless you've lost the membership card. But library cards are free to get the books to help share, and emphasize the love of literacy, reading, all of that with our children and also with our adults. Dr. Karen Richardson, you have been an awesome resource to Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. We love it. Now, before you get out of here, how can our national listeners learn more about you or reach out to you? Do you have an email or are you on Facebook so they can connect with you if they have any questions that go beyond our conversation this Tuesday night?
3: Absolutely. They can find me on Facebook at um, Core Educational Consulting. Um, And also, when you go to, um, do like me on Facebook, Um, when you go there, you can actually um, click on a link and it'll take you directly to my website, which is
4: coreducks.com.
1: Awesome. So continue this conversation. Any questions or concerns for her, and she'll be glad to answer them or sure lead you to the right resource to get your answer. Again, she said it best better than I could ever say it. It has to start in the womb, and please do that. If your kid's already six and you haven't read to them yet, start today. If you're expecting or planning to expect a child, like she said, start reading and talking to that child now. It's never too early, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Dr. Richardson, But I'm also going to imagine that you would agree that it's never too late to emphasize the love of learning, right?
3: Absolutely. It's never too early, and it's certainly never too late.
1: Right, because I know when we talk about illiteracy, a lot of times we do have individuals who are older in this nation, uh, perhaps even in their 60s or 70s, who have not learned to read properly. And I know you would emphasize uh, there are different uh, opportunities or community centers out there that really would like to help with the uh, fostering of reading.
3: Yes, and I would encourage everybody to reach out to their local communities and find out if there is indeed, and I'm sure there are um, adult um, adult literacy classes in their area, Um, if a 60- or 70-year-old can go back to school and get a high school diploma, like I said, it's it's never too late.
1: It's never too late. And I do want to say this, uh, certainly not to badger the point over and over again, but if you're a parent out there, if uh, there is a concern with your child or your student's uh, ability to read and write, uh, if you uh, just don't know enough about it or if you think they're doing great and you want to do a tune-up or check-up, right, Dr. Richardson, go ahead and reach out to the teachers and get as much information as possible, right?
3: Exactly. Um, Like I said, we don't want to wait until our child becomes part of the juvenile system to find out he or she can't read or write. Um, Do reach out to your teachers. Go to those conferences. And when you go to the conference, go with a purpose.
4: Mm, Um, Go
3: and you ask you know exactly what you want to know. If you want to know about your child's reading level, ask them, what is my child's reading level? What can I do That's right. to take my child or help my child progress in reading?
1: Powerful. I, and
3: I love it. Definitely
1: go with a purpose. I, I love it. Go with a purpose to these conferences, the-, the one-on-one teacher-parent conference, and don't get so bogged down. I want to say this to every parent because we want the best for our kids. We want them to be the best, but I know we have a lot of type A personality parents out there. Even if right. the information is not what we want, Want to hear If the testing is and not next. where we need them here, you just said the perfect phrase of, we've got to be able to say, what can I do to help get them where they need to be? Right. In that Don't be ashamed and don't be embarrassed because knowledge and awareness is the first step. Literacy in this nation, we have to help build up our adults and youth. Thank you, Dr. Kara Richardson. Your friend here on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. Keep sharing all of your information, and to everyone, happy reading.
3: Thank you, Shana.
1: What a unique conversation with a literacy expert. She's an educator, and again, she spent a lot of time in the classroom and on the administrator side of teaching children to read and making the connection between home life and literacy, and I love what she said. Literacy, of course, again, is reading and writing proficiently, and that's what we all should aim for, regardless of age. I love it. You know, we have Real Talk for Real People here on Let's Talk America with your host, Shayna Thornton. I am uh, very, very proud of tonight's segment, again, putting the spotlight on literacy in our nation uh, concerning both adults and our youth, so a critical topic, and I'm glad we could bring the topic to you, because if it matters to you, we try our best to address it here on Let's Talk America with your host, Shayna Thornton. Stay with us for just a few more seconds.
5: Hello, wonderful listeners. Who doesn't love stepping into a place that smells great? My name is Shelly Good. I'm a representative for and have the privilege of introducing a great new company to the U.S., Bellaroma. What's Bellaroma, you ask? Bellaroma is a company which has new, exclusive products that bring warmth and style into your home and workplace. Our trendy scent and soothing fragrances will fill the air and enhance where you are. From kitchens to bathrooms, dorms to offices, our flameless candle warmers are a safe, brilliant way to illuminate your space. The foundation of our products is safety. Our candles are hand-poured in the United States with no-lead wicks and have paraffin, soy-based wax. We are introducing this company to the U.S. I am looking for a couple of consultants that are born leaders to join me as business partners in Bellaroma and go to the top. Bellaroma has a ground floor opportunity for those who want or need to work from home. Email me for details and to schedule a call to see if Bellaroma is right for you. Do you know someone that would be a great fit for our products and opportunity? I reward referrals because it's the best compliment I can receive. You can contact me through my website, bellaroma.net forward slash glow. That's www.mybellaroma.net forward slash glow. Like us on Facebook at Bellaroma with Shelly Good. That's B-E-L-L-A-R-O-M-A with S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-G-O-O-D-E. I would like to leave you with a Bible verse, Proverbs 27, 9. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you, and I look forward to hearing from you soon.
1: Well, everyone, we will see you next Tuesday night, same time, same place. You have to stay with us. Do visit our new website to find out upcoming show segments, and you can also, again, uh, find the segment on the website where you can listen to episodes on demand or any show segments that you missed. If you want to listen to this segment again tonight or share it with a fellow educator or a neighbor or a parent or guardian, please do. Simply visit www. Talk America, which shaynathorton.com, okay? A brand new, easy-to-navigate website. You're going to love it for sure. Send all feedback, show suggestions, or anything that's on your mind to the show. Simply email us at letstalkshayna at gmail.com. Again, that's letstalkshayna at gmail.com, and if you're uh, perhaps interested, or you have a fellow friend or colleague that's interested in being a sponsor for the show or advertiser, let us know. That same email will take care all of your professional needs concerning Let's Talk America with your host, Shayna Thornton. Well, we have to get out of here, everyone. We'll see you next Tuesday night. Keep the conversation going, but before we leave you, I want to share with you some awesome music. The name of this musical track is Look to the Hills." Look to the Hills" by Desiree Harris-Bronner, and I had the opportunity to sit on air one-on-one with this young lady a few months ago, and she has a phenomenal life story, and her music speaks for itself. Again, the name of this track is Look to the Heels by Desiree Harris-Brunner. I uh, appreciate the music, everyone, and I certainly appreciate your commitment to staying with us each and every Tuesday night. All right, we'll chat next week. All content original, copyright 2015 by Pageant and Thomas Enterprises, LLC. Oh, yeah. look to